Here we go. The three grumpy old men are here, ready to talk some Vikings football. And what in the heck this team is doing? That happens to be the question of the day. And of this whole entire 2020 preseason, New Year coming up, and all the transactions that have transpired since we last talked. And that was... What, a couple weeks after the Super Bowl, and we talked about all the holes in the Viking roster that are going to need to be filled and who we might lose, who we're going to lose, and guess what, folks? Looks like it happened. Ted, how you doing? Gentlemen, oh, I like my pretty beard. <laughs> pretty beard. Come on, get me some more Corona. No, I'm, uh... I'm doing good, guys. I, I I, mean, you know, I hope you guys are staying safe. And if you have family members that could be affected by this this thing that's affecting the whole world that you're you're socially distancing or whatever it is they're recommending to do. And uh, anyways, other than that, I'm doing good. Uh, looks like I'm going to have to go back into work. We were going to telework, but that whole whole system didn't end working as advertised. So I'm still going to have to go work a few hours a day. But, yeah, we're uh, we're doing good. How are you guys doing? Uh Meow, meow. Look at you guys. Look, new Tommy Kramer jersey. Let me see that thing. Stand up. Let me see that thing. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, Tommy Kramer jersey. And I know you got, what, a signed photograph with that? You, you did all right? Yeah, this jersey is actually. Look at that. Oh, my God, dude. That's cool. Yeah. That's Tommy excellent. Kramer. Tommy Kramer is a grade A quality human being, by the way. Yes, he is. He is. Yes. Grade A quality human being. Great to see yeah. you guys. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's healthy, I hope. Yeah, Dave, Dave's got that first round T-shirt on and that seventh Ooh. round beard. Everything's looking. <laughs> That's right. Haven't shaved. I haven't thrown a hat. That it. undrafted free agent cup. Mm-hmm. It's good to be, it's good to be back on. <laughs> it's good to be back on with you guys. What a week! What a week, huh? I mean, come on. So far, uh, and it started Monday when we got up and shortly thereafterwards after seeing reports after reports that Kirk Cousins had turned down extension officer offers suddenly we get surprised by Kirk Cousins extended and we're like what for how much right and it turns out to be what was it 61 million or 66 million over 3 years Basically three years. It's two-year extension plus what we paid him. And for all intents and purposes, it is fully 100% guaranteed. The only caveat is he no longer has no trade clause. (laughs) So the Vikings could trade him. Won't happen. Dave's more happy about that than the re-sign. You see his face? (laughs) He doesn't give a shit about the re-sign. He wants to trade him. (laughs) I got to say, there there are two things that surprise me about this deal. Um, one that it was, one that they did the extension. I, I you know, we kind of talked, I think in our last show and, and folks, if you haven't seen our last show, we, we were pretty much patting ourselves on the back with how, how accurate we were with how everything would transpire anyway. So go watch that when you get a chance, yes. but um, yes. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of surprised by the extension, but I'm not surprised by the extension. I thought that they, since they had gone down the road for a fully guaranteed deal, he would get another fully guaranteed deal. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he doesn't have that no trade clause. Um, but that third year of the contract is actually fairly manageable. I mean, he's got um, yeah, but only it, $10 million in, in, in uh, dead money. So there's they, they now have options. I mean, the, the next two years for him at least are very cap prohibitive. I mean, he's got a $62 million dead cap hit this year and, 41 million dollars in 2021 but after that yeah it's it's okay whatever um and they won't be held hostage right with the trade thing they can trade them yeah they and could it, trade I'm, I'm, yeah. if some not, other team's willing to not that they're going to the do time. that not that they're going to do that but 
still not a big fan of this. I mean, because when you look at the other moves the Vikings have made, I'm I'm not seeing where the Cousins extension makes sense. And we'll we'll get into all the other moves here in a little bit. But when you when you add it all together, it just it's just weird. It's it's just it 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 doesn't feel like they have a coherent plan, or it's like a combination of trying to compete for the Super Bowl while still trying to go through a minor rebuild. And I, I don't know. I, it's not giving me a warm fuzzy, boys. Yeah. Well, you know when you're standing at the end of the craps table and they hand you those dice and you start thinking, man, I hope these things, I hope when I throw these dice, they land on the right. And that's kind of, that's the plan. I think that's the plan. We're going to throw the crap dice. Yeah. hope that I, shit lands on the right numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I didn't see a wave of joy come through when I seen the Cousins extension, like you'd probably think of when you get your franchise quarterback uh, extended for two more years. But I kind of expected that. It's he, it's it's tougher. It, it's tough. The whole Cousins thing is really weird. You I mean he leads a team to the divisional round with that big win in in New Orleans, but you know it's it's arguable both ways. But the, it, it's strange. The last show we did talk about losing all these guys on defense, right? Mm-hmm. And so you prepare yourself for it. And then it happens this week, and you're still kind of going. It still feels weird, you know. Even though you're prepared for it, it's still it's very strange. Uh, yeah, so yeah. A lot of exits. Lots of lots of exits. Well, we had it started off the week. We knew there was going to be some cuts. We had two cuts to start off the week: Linval Joseph, which we figured was one of them, and Xavier Rhodes, which is another. Now, since then, Linval has signed a an agreement with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers for two years, $17 million plus $2 million in incentives. But Rhodes is still out there. Now, that's causing issues with other free agents we had on the defense because we know we had Trey Waynes as the other outside corner. He signed a deal with the Bengals for $14 million per for, what was it, three years. And he turned down a deal for $16 million per I was just listening to for somewhere. I don't know where. Which, to us, seems way overpaid for an average corner. Well, just today, McKenzie Alexander signs with the Bengals on a one-year, $4 million contract. McKenzie Alexander was one of the best slot corners, nickel corners in the league. And... One year, four million seems awfully, awfully low, especially knowing that the Bengals have tons of cap room to spend. <clears throat> but it was this is that was one of the players that even though the Vikings tried to get back, that there was some animosity there and he decided to leave, even if he took a pay cut. So those are your corners. You, all you, your three starting corners, outside and slot, or your nickel corner, are gone. <sighs> no big deal. <laughs> hey, hey, we got we got Holton Hill. Uh, and, yeah, there's no and, weed, no weed rule, so you don't have to worry about Holton. <laughs> so he can, he can, he can walk out. He can walk out in the field on warmups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But. So right now, as it stands, Mike Hughes and and Holton Hill probably mm-hmm. are your two starting cornerbacks. And I mean, because they're, they're the two guys with the most experience left, arguably. And Chris and Boyd. Hill's had his Hill and Boyd, and so Hill's had his off the field issues, which, like you said, with the new CBA, hopefully won't be that big of a deal. Um, but Mike Hughes, you know, people forget. A last year was his first year coming off of ACL. And he struggled a lot, and then he went from like, uh, in the in in the same week in, in in practice he went from limited to to questionable or limited to out to injured reserve. And oh by the way, he broke a bone in his neck. What? That's you know what the neck the the word neck with any football player automatically puts you into the worry zone. If I mean, they could end up could end up having a huge whiff if that's with it, that pick. Was it Jeremiah Searles or Nick Easton a couple years ago mm-hmm. that had had a neck issue, bulging disc, I think it was, or, or, or something. Or was it and Sullivan? It's one of the centers. Oh, that, was, that was his back. That it was went from back. back spasms to back surgery. Mm-hmm. That was his 16. And, and so, I mean, I'm not going to assume Mike Hughes is going to be healthy until Mike Hughes is healthy. Necks I, are very I, tricky. The, the Vikings 
you know, we, we, like you said, we, we talked about this and, and now it's here. And you look at the, the draft the Vikings are going to have, and that's in part because of the Stefan Diggs trade, which we'll talk about, I hope. Oh, yes. You almost think they have to go cornerback in the first round. They just don't, unless they sign somebody in free agency. But I was just looking at both at spot rack and, and, and over the cap. <clears throat> they either have seven or eight million bucks in, uh, in available cap space. So That was prior to signing Bailey today. Yeah, so you're not going to get, you know, and that, a guy. And that's right about the number you need for the rookies and then the the yeah. final guys. And so yeah. if they're going to sign anybody more, and they have to, we only have 52 players presently on the roster. We don't even have a full roster, right? And we're at the point where they can start building up to the 90-man. We, we don't even have a full roster yet. Now, most of that build-up takes place after the draft, but... This is crazy. And a good chunk of those are the guys with the futures contracts. The guys that usually don't make it past the draft when we sign all those undrafted free agent guys. So, we, it looks like we're in rebuild mode. But if we're in rebuild mode, the extension of Cousins doesn't make sense. But let's it makes get less sense than ever. Right. And then let's get to another re signing. We, today, like I just mentioned, we re signed our kicker, Bailey. So Zimmer can calm down on a kicker issue. We re-signed um, Britton Colquitt earlier in a week. He was one of our first ones. Cool. We got our specialists all locked up. Awesome. Hey, now. You know, if, if you were strong at 51 other positions, I'd be fired up about <laughs> about signing the kicker and the punter. And we re fired up. Yeah, now that, <clears throat> you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't. I can't add to that. And our number one offensive priority, other than extending Kirk Cousins, to re-sign C.J. Ham to an extension. Four million dollars a year for a fullback. For a fullback. But you can't pay the corner, the slot guy, four million. Here's the deal, though. The the, the ham the ham signing makes sense because right. after you traded Stephon Diggs, Ham was the only downfield threat Kirk Cousins has left to throw to. <laughs> I mean, like, look, the, the first Vikings one of the year. Wait, wait. <laughs> That's that beautiful. That's beautiful. All, all they, I mean, so they've signed their punter, they signed their kicker, they signed a fullback. They extended a, a quarterback that a, a lot of fans still don't have full faith in. Mm-hmm. Um, their not defense, just fans. The head of their, PFF yeah. today wrote. Their defense has been, you know, the, the guys that have laid the foundation for the Mike Zimmer defense in large part are gone. They're not coming back. You've got you got Harrison Smith, you got Anthony Barr, and you got Eric Kendricks, who was drafted in 2015. Mm-hmm. I believe that are locked up for a long term, longer term. I believe those are, you know, that's your core guys right now. Right. Well, Daniel Hunter. Daniel I Hunter. mean, Daniel Hunter is is there? Um, they they've got they've got a lot of holes they got to fill, and they ain't filling them, boys. Well, they did franchise tag Anthony Harris, which gets him cheaper than what his market value is. It's eleven point four four one million dollars to franchise tag him. They gave him the non. He'll, he'll be here. One, he'll be here one more season. They gave him the non-exclusive tag which means he can go out and seek a trade, and then the Vikings have the right to match that, or if they don't match it, they get two first-round draft choices. Um, so that whole two first-round draft choices makes it difficult for a lot of other teams to even want to pursue it. So most likely he'll be here, and he'll be here cheap. But to do the player right, they should work at an extension. He is the best safety in the league last year for PFF, and he was the interception leader. You know, but but we have Harrison Smith on the other side. We're paying over twenty million for both those guys. The the rumor is though they franchised Harrison. Now they're shopping to trade. Shopping him around to trade him to get some traffic as low as a third round pick. You know, it's just like, what are you stupid? And why didn't why didn't they do a deal with Harris? You know, 
before the beginning of last year when 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 or the or the very end of of 2017 mm-hmm. I, I don't know man i i just what you know, plan ahead come on ted and you've got guys like <laughs> mac alexander we we talked about one year four million dollars um he didn't come back uh you know j ron curse his attitude was soured about the vikings and he wasn't coming back um, you had you have the digs which we really need to talk about soon but there's there's something there's something with this team with I don't know if it's if it's Mike Zimmer I don't know if it's the players that that guys are, are wanting there in, instead of a place that Minnesota instead of Minnesota becoming a destination team mm-hmm. now it feels like it's a place guys don't want to be at very long mm-hmm Say bye, to, say bye, Princess. Sorry, guys. Bye, Princess. Princess snuck in here. Well, that's cool. Thanks, Rube. She wanted her. <clears throat> she likes cameo. Viking talk. Let's 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 get into the digs thing because let's just go. Want, want, want to know? You know, that's that's big news. I don't. I'm going to leave this kind of up to you because I don't want to convolute it any more than it has to be. Plus, I'll be doing a lot of draft write write ups, so I'm kind of swarmy in my head. It seems like to me they weren't going to trade digs, and then this tweeting thing happened and the Vikings just hadn't it seemed like it all happened really fast to me so I don't know if they had the intention like they've been working it for weeks it seemed like this new tweeting stuff came out and it just happened and rolled over a matter of fact I wrote I answered somebody in a post like 20 minutes before the trade went down I said I think he's going to get traded and then he got traded so let me let me just sit back and listen to what you guys think about it go ahead Dave it's been reported I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up it's been reported <laughs> that starting last year and actually a little bit the year before, Diggs has tried to point out how, besides being open all the time, how the offense should be run and how the present quarterback isn't running it and isn't seeing it and isn't doing any, anything. But he was talked in the last season – Staying and holding on, it'll get better, it'll get better. And after week four, when he threw his, you know, work stoppage type deal and then came back and everything was good for a while and uh, Thielen got hurt and he was, got all that production and stuff and everything was a little bit better and then he stopped getting the ball towards when Thielen got back and you could see him getting frustrated. But what capped it off was Monday when Kirk Cousins got extended, that was the last straw because he kept telling the organization, this is not how we maximize scoring and we need to maximize scoring and winning. And what he's doing is not it. And the, the team backed up the quarterback, which nine times out of ten they're going to do. They extended the quarterback. That was enough. He had it. That's when he went to the team, says, I want out. His agent got with him, said he's going to hold back, you know, not come to camp or do whatever unless you trade him. The trade talk started, and he started, you know, when somebody said, All right, is this fake or whatever? It's because, nah, it's real on one of the responses. And he got traded that evening. We got a good deal for him. I mean, we got quite no, a No, 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 no. We haven't got shit for him. Let's get that straight out well, there. We didn't get anything for him. We got a so, so far, good Buffalo batch of opportunity. Buffalo got a great route runner, an exciting, dynamic player who makes plays regardless of what anybody wants to say about his attitude. Watch that guy's route running on tape. It oh, is yeah. fucking large and precise. Buffalo has won this trade. If you piss away those picks on Troy Williams, Quan Treadwell type of guys, then you didn't win the – no haul is worth shit yet. Nothing's worth anything. All these picks are right now are fucking numbers on a sheet. That's all they are. Vikings haven't won anything. Now, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry I butted in. I just wanted to get that out there. Just wanted to set I'm you up. I'm sick of hearing it. Vikings have won the trade. Nothing could be further from the truth. We did get all quite right. a few picks for it. That, no, I agree. The, the amount which, is fine. But which is opportunity. Know. Now, okay. the question is, can Rick Spielman maximize that opportunity? And with all the holes on the defense, and now holes on the offense, because we also released Josh Klein, so we'd have no right guard, can he maximize those picks? It's Smitty time. 
History says no. Look, I'm taking notes. Here we go. Here's here's the thing. If if you want to sit here and tell me the best course of action for the Minnesota Vikings is to trade your most dynamic offensive player, then there's something wrong. And I, it's not all on Diggs. I, I would argue Stephon Diggs was the guy that lit the Vikings, uh, lit a fire underneath the Minnesota Vikings after that first Chicago game with his little out, with his with his temper tantrum or whatever it was. And according to Paul Allen, whether or not you believe him or not, and I would kind of believe PA over most anybody, but he said it was during that week when he didn't come to practice and he got fined two hundred thousand dollars that the relationship had ended. But they, they decided he was not going to get traded that year. Diggs was like, fine, I'll play hard, but you're going to trade him in the offseason? Okay, fine. I, I would argue Stephon Diggs lived up to his end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. I would argue the Minnesota Vikings did not live up to their end of the bargain. In, in putting um, the best team on the field to give them the best opportunity to win. And, and whether you want to say that's on, on other players on offense – on maybe the aging defense wasn't as good, the whole team, I, I don't care. But it was Stephon Diggs. And, and the, the guy who can explain it a lot better than me is, is Flip Mozzie. Um, he, he did a, 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 just an epic rant this morning, 15 minutes with Flip. If you, can, if you can listen to his podcast, check it out, because I listened to it on the way to work, and I was literally letting go of my steering wheel and applauding going 35 <laughs> miles an hour. He was doing so good. Anyways, I, I, I think – Letting Stephon Diggs go was was stupid, and and you could say, well, he was going to hold out, and okay, fine, but I would argue it's it's as much the Vikings' fault it got to the point that he was going to hold out and not report than it was than it was Diggs's issue. So you can say, well, Diggs is a diva and a crybaby and this and that and the other thing. Um, he was fine through 2017, even most of 2018. It was it was last year where things really went south with him after seeing, uh, you know, you, you spend a lot of money on a quarterback to throw the ball. You spend a lot of money for another wide receiver. You spend a lot of money on digs. And then you decide last year you're going to just pound the rock with with a very good running back. I'm not this is nothing against Dalvin Cook. He's a great back and he's great out of the backfield catching the ball. But it, it seemed weird to me that they spent so much money on guys to throw and catch the ball, and now they've gone a full 180 inside of two years and have become this run-first team. And, oh, by the way, to make our offense even better and even more run-efficient, we're going to cut the best interior offensive lineman we had on the team last year. <clears throat> I mean, I don't get it, man. I tell me, tell me what's going on with this team because I don't get it. I don't see it. I see a team that is in decline. I see a team that – they should have just decided to blow the whole thing up uh, at the end of the season. And instead, they're trying to do this well, one toe in the water, one toe out of the water, and we can still be competitive while we're getting back to the top. No, you can't. You're going to be just good enough to miss the play, or just good enough to get outside of the top ten and, and really have enough ammo to really make a move to get a quarterback of the future if you want him in next year's draft, and just bad enough to miss the playoffs. So they're going to be like 15, 16, 17th in the draft, it's okay, good, awesome, super, great, good job, great. And let's extend Spielman and Zimmer and go 8-8 eight and eight and we'll all be happy, hunky-dory, kumbaya, skull Vikings. Yeah, let's isn't go. That, isn't that kind of like Marv Lewis syndrome? I mean. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's the Minnesota Bengals, man. Here's. Here's a quick a quick thought on my digs thing. You know, I don't I don't like all the you guys know me. I don't like the behind the scenes and the tweeting and all that behind the scenes stuff. I you know I don't I don't think that all needs to be made public. That's just me. I'm old school that way. Alan Page would never do that, so I'm kind of like old school that way. But here's the thing with digs, and I and I said when when we traded him, I went back and started looking at some tape, <clears throat> and. Uh, he, you know, he catches that touchdown, takes his helmet off, and gets a penalty. There's, he drops passes. There's a lot of – he's an emotional player. Mm-hmm. Diggs is an emotional guy that goes off the edge sometimes. But, damn it, you need fucking players like that on your team. Yes, you do. If you, you don't have any, if you don't have any of those guys, you're just fucking sloughing through the motions. You need to have a few guys like that on your team. I'm telling and, you. And he was the emotional fire plug for that team. When he got going – 
it seemed the Vikings got going. And, and what and, exactly? What about this? What about when Thielen went down for eight games? Who the fuck stepped in and carried it all out there? It wasn't because BC when Diggs went down. When, when no. Diggs went down in 2018, uh, Thielen was shut down. And if you look at the wide receiver group now, you got Adam Thielen and 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 guys you could get at the clearance rack at Menards, man. There's. <laughs> If you think BC Johnson is a guy that's going to step up and be WR two, he's not. He's just. Right. I don't see it. I, I just, maybe it's me. Maybe maybe I need a new set of he's, prescription glasses. I don't know. But I, you know, now by trading digs, they need two wide receivers because they they went into this offseason needing a third wide receiver. Now they need a starter, arguably WR one, and now a, a good slot guy. Well, and, well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I just aggravates me, man. I released my top fifteen, I think, last week on my wide receiver, my boards that I release. Mm-hmm. If you go eight to fifteen on that list, they're all BC Johnson. He did that. It's not really. It's not hard to replace BC Johnson, dude. I mean, they're I, all. There's a bunch out there. I but I have a remedy. I have a remedy to what you were just talking about in my in my trade scenario that I was talking about earlier with you guys. And when we get to it. I think I have something that might be interesting. Well, Todd, in let's terms talk of, about it now. We need money. It goes, so. right, it goes right into what Ted just said. Okay. Go for okay. it. What Here's is, what, what I got. got. <clears throat> we have five picks in the first 105. Correct. We have five We have five draft picks. I say, okay, it's pretty obvious to me. We're going, you take a corner at 22. You have to at this point. You have to at this point. It's 100% that pick 22 has got to be a corner. Either... Either Henderson from Florida. The tough part is with corner, Okuda's gone. Henderson's a top 12 player. If he dipped, he's probably not going to be there at 22, and there's a little bit of a fall off at corner. You got Ted's boy, uh, Arnett, I think he is. Who ran a, Yeah, and Dantzler, and uh, Fulton's the only guy that ran a really uh, higher. Fulton would probably be next in line, and then the other guys had a little bit slower 40s, Dantzler and uh, Arnett and all those guys. Um but say you get your corner at 22, right? You're done. You call Carolina, and I'm just going to use this team and this player as an example. You can use any player you want. It doesn't have to be this guy, but I'm using this as an example. So you get your corner at 22. When 25 rolls around, you get a hold of Carolina. They choose. They choke, They have seventh overall pick, so they're basically taking seven, and they don't pick again until 39. Mm-hmm. You tell them you want our 25th pick. You interested in our 25th pick? You give us. Your second round pick at 39, and you throw DJ Moore in there, a wide receiver, who I think is a tremendous young guy. Young guy. When I looked through this, I had to find a young guy who shows a lot of talent. Now, he's no digs, but he's damn good. He's damn good at what you're probably going to get drafting one this year. So if you took, if you did that trade with them and let them have the 25th pick, you get DJ Moore, the 39th pick, and you basically have five picks in the 105 that you started with. And you got a wide receiver too, already in the mix. My thing with this, and I, I go back to, to two other trades that happened. One the same day, where where Bill O'Brien uh, smoked smoked a crack rock, and then traded DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for the husk of David Johnson and a second round pick. Husk, and, husk. And, and, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking Spielman. Could have maybe looked at trading Diggs for Hopkins straight up or something. I don't know. The Vikings. Anyways, that I was trying, then, to, I was trying to come up with a scenario where you could get an established receiver who's already played in the NFL and has experience and still keep your five picks in the first 105. That was my thought. Well, here's the thing. This is the second part of my 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 point, which is kind of meandering. I get it, but stay with me. So you All could right. have had DeAndre Hopkins, or. Um, Back in 2005, the Vikings traded Randy Moss to the Raiders and got a first-round pick. And with that first-round pick, they took Troy Williamson. And I, I maintain to this day that even if Troy Williamson had gone, you know, had been a guy that had been a like a Jake Reed type dude, he never would have been Randy Moss. Correct. That was right. just dumb. That was just a dumb pick. Not you that said it was that Troy at Williamson, the party. That, that it was a wide receiver. Period. Mm-hmm. And and I I think the Vikings are kind of in the same position now with Diggs because no matter who they get. If they make a trade, and DJ Moore, this is nothing against DJ Moore. I think he's a good receiver, but like you said, Drew, he's not Stephon Diggs. And now people are going to say, well, we essentially traded Stephon Diggs for DJ Moore, and the offense still really isn't all that great comparatively to what they to what they could have been with Diggs. And, and, and if they pick a wide receiver at 25, 
that guy is forever going to be compared to Diggs, just like um, Williamson was compared to Moss. And, and I, 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 I just, it is a rock and a hard place because yeah. the, there's only two guys in this draft. And I'm not, this is just a Drew thing. Yeah. D.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy are the only guys that are going to walk out their week one lineup. They know the route trees. They know all the, they, they're set. They are ready to play right now. The other Those guys, guys are going to be gone, though, right? Totally gone. Totally gone. C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, if one of them was there at 22, it would be an absolute shocker. They're, neither yeah. one. The only the only guy that I, mean, I really have my eye on is the Justin Jefferson guy from LSU. Now, he'll probably be there, but he's no digs. Um, and, and, and that's the and that's the thing that's the corner the Vikings have painted that's the corner the Vikings have painted themselves into by trading a guy that good and that dynamic yeah kind of temperamental but I think they might have been able to do a better job to prevent this from getting to this point where they had to trade him and you guys are right they got a lot of picks but they still have they still have to produce something tangible with those picks and that- I mean and they did with the Percy Harvin trade and that worked out very well for the Vikings they got they got Rhodes Jarek McKinnon and um, somebody else with those picks that they ended up getting. So, but I, I just, man, but if you'll know, they didn't get a wide receiver. They didn't take a receiver. So everybody thinks it was a great trade. Right. So I don't know. Well, and I, I saw somebody did some analysis earlier in the week on looking back at Rick Spielman's, all his drafted wide receivers. It's terrible. And which ones have actually become productive. And out of Harvard all of them, it was Harvin and Diggs. That was it. Two. You could, and it you was like a Jarius Wright. I thought Jarius Wright was okay for a fourth round pick. Right. But it was a 12 point something percent hit rate. And it's just like, oh, you know, we thought oh, wait, he was wait, bad wait, wait, at wait. offensive line and quarterback. I don't want to leave LaVisca out of there. Chanel. He's the most exciting. Out of all the tape I've watched in my draft research so far, LaVisca Chanel is the most exciting. Matter of fact, he's. He's the only guy since Percy Harvey where I watched his tape twice. I rewound it and watched it all because it's so fun to watch. He's dynamic, but he's not the route runner Diggs is. He's more of a get him the ball in open space and break ta- and juke and all that kind of shit. He's not going to run perfect route. He's not He's not Diggs, but he's very exciting. A Cordero like Patterson? I didn't want to leave him out, but any guy that plays for Colorado – that can play like he does. <laughs> you you got to look at it. You got to look at the team around these guys. Yeah. Why do the Alabama quarterbacks always take a shit? Because they have these great, they have 12 seconds to pass every year. And then they come out and McCarron. I mean, I can name off. We have that. a good quarterback since Kenny Stabler. Why is that? Because when you get to the NFL, the windows are all tighter. You don't, you have a quarter of the time to throw it. Not everybody's in zone coverage. So the Alabama quarterbacks struggle. So you got to, I try to do my draft research by, you find a good guy who's playing for Baloney Tech, that's a guy you want to spend time looking at <laughs> okay. because he's good around shit players. I'm serious, dude. Baloney Tech. Is that where Spielman got his GM degree? <laughs> <laughs> I don't – I don't. the only way they're going to even get close to Diggs is getting their hands on C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy, and they're both gone. See, and, and my whole argument is the only way this, this would have been okay is if the Vikings could have found some, some way to get DeAndre Hopkins, which, boy, it looked like – when you look at that trade that 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 the Houston made with Arizona, that that was something that was definitely doable. And now I'm almost arguing that they shouldn't get a wide receiver in the first round. Although I think it's almost a need as bad as defensive back at this point. Now, but if you're going to be a run first team, I I would bet they go cornerback and offensive lineman in the first round. The Vikings have one wide receiver right now. Yeah, yeah, one good one good one starter quality wide receiver. receiver. You know. And nothing against Adam Thielen, but he is now 30 years old, I believe, and he missed, what, six games last, last year? Mm-hmm. I mean, guys guys start getting hurt and getting dinged up. I mean, third, there's a reason 30 is called, you know, the, the line of demarcation for highly productive players in the NFL. It just it just happens to almost everybody. So, you got, I don't know. You got, you got Zimmer talking about, well, Cousins can work out, but you got to get him weapons and you got to you got to make his line better. So you get rid of one of your wide receivers. If you got to make him better, you're taking wide receivers away from him. How's he going to get better? get rid of one of his, his linemen. Yeah, his best interior offense. The one guy we thought they shouldn't get rid of besides O'Neal and then Brett, well, and Bradbury because he was a rookie was, was Klein. I mean, I, I thought Klein played fairly good football last mm-hmm. year. I, I Average. That was a move that that was a move that mystified me almost as much as the Diggs trade, if we're being honest. But I mean, I, was, I just heard at the combine Zimmer say we need to make the offensive line better. 
That's what he said. Uh, I mean, unless they think Drew Samia is going to be be the guy. I, I mean, that's kind of the only option I see right now. Maybe Avion Collins, but man, I I don't know. Again, I, I'm just maybe I'm not seeing the force for the trees here. Well, what, if what Samia you, is, it's if Drew Samia is ready to go. The one that steps up. If, if Samia plays, I mean, he, he was my favorite guard coming out in the draft, so I'm totally biased. I got the the uh, Austin cutting going for uh <laughs> true <Samia. laughs> no i had him i had him i had him as number two on my board and he was like number six on on pfd's board everybody had him pretty low, low a lot lower than i had him so if he if he works out then i'm not really worried about the klein thing but you have to replace Diggs has to be replaced his production does yeah yeah I don't unless know. we want to draft you know another running back and go to the wishbone and you know, and I, I get on the I get in the group, and I hear people say, "Don't worry about. It. We'll just draft." So you know how hard it is to get guys right out of college, like Julio Jones and Randy. Those guys are Randy Moss. Those guys are rare out of college. You just hit the ground running. They you know hit the ground running fifteen hundred yards a rookie year. You know, you know those guys are hard to find. Usually, wide receivers have to work themselves into the system. I mean, like Juju Schuster, he didn't do anything. A lot of these guys don't do anything until they get a few years behind them. So who are they going to get? I don't know. I don't so, know what the plan is. Drew, let me ask you a question. Since you've been doing, you, you do the the draft research for us for the most part. Out of out of C.D. Lamb and Judy, besides other than those two guys, who is the most technical route runner coming out of out in the draft for a wide receiver? Judy. Uh, besides, you can't besides Judy oh. and, and C.D. Lamb. Well, I like everybody's really high on rugs. I don't fall into this forty time stuff. I'm, I applaud the four two seven. I love the fast forties for wide receivers. But the truth is, over the course of the last ten to fifteen years, the most productive wide receivers in the NFL were running four fives or lower. They were. Look, go back and look at all the names. Right. It wasn't the burners. John Ross. What's John? John Ross gets hurt getting the mail. Those guys. <laughs> the, the burners haven't impressed me. Every year, the speed burner guys, <clears throat> they seem to flame out. The guys that so, run the four fives are the, are the guys that seem to last. But uh, who's, who's the best route runner? Because that's the guy the Vikings are going to look at because that's the guy Kirk Cousins needs. Right, because I he's got to stay on script. Exactly. Mims, Mims from Baylor, good route runner. Mims? Uh, the, the kid from Notre Dame, Claypool, who is kind of a freaky beast. I watched him at the Combine. He was supposed to be – they wanted him to be a tight end at the next level. And he went out in the combine and ripped up the drills and ripped up the measurables and ripped up the gauntlet. And at the end of the combine, everybody went, all right, he's not a tight end. He's a, he's a wide receiver. He did really well. <laughs> okay. So he, he helped himself in the draft. And I think Jefferson, the guy I mentioned earlier, he's a good route runner. He's a good route runner, and he learned a lot in that offense. I can't remember the guy's name. Who was Burrow's offensive coordinator who's now with Carolina, I think it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'll look it up. Keep talking. I'll figure it out. They were they were required in there, and this is one of the, one of the reasons I like Burrow so much. You, you know, is, is he did a lot of extra homework, but he worked it in with the wide receivers. Burrow wouldn't let any of the wide receivers miss any of those meetings. So those guys really broke down their their Thaddeus Moss. They were all involved in the receiving scheme of what they ran there at uh, LSU. So I, I the, the receiver class is deep. There's a lot of guys in it. There's a lot. Joe Brady. Joe Brady. That's the guy's name. There. But, you know, route running is all at a different level before you get to the NFL. It's really rare that you find a guy that can run precise routes that actually knows all the routes. Most mm-hmm. of these guys get up, you know, they come in like you know, Corey Coleman from Baylor when he got drafted. Even Will Fuller when he came out of Notre Dame. They know nine routes. They know one route. Yeah. Because that's what they, that's what, you know, that's a lot of what these coaches ask them to run. The, the route tree is, is a lot tougher in the NFL. So, it's hard to say which guy is the best route runner out of all of them. I mean, they both, when you look at draft prospects and draft write-ups and you're going to different sites and everything, the, you know, usually 90% of the time, all of their, all of the research says they need help with the routes. You need to be coached up on the route tree, the route uh, running. That's something I think they all struggle with. And Diggs probably did too his first year. It, it's yeah, like probably. offensive linemen. Offensive linemen come to the NFL. They're not ready. About to play I, I, this game. Yeah. You know what it has a lot to do with, Ted? If you get a wide receiver into this system, sitting down with Cousins and Cousins and Thielen are going to teach him how to run the routes more than any coach is. Yeah, you're right. That's something I will give. You know, as much as we rip on Cousins, 
he probably knows route trees. Pretty. He's seen a lot of shit in his time. Even if you yeah. go all the way back to Michigan State, he's been what nine, thirteen years playing high yeah. t- high level football. Yeah. So between him and Thielen, whoever we get, if we do get a rookie, that's going to be the guys that teach him mm-hmm. more than the coaches. I think. Uh, we'll see but, what happens. I just man, I just the the defense doesn't look stout right now. The offense doesn't really you know, look imposing or or intimidating right now. Well, they don't stress. You know why they don't stress the route tree in college, guys? It's because nobody plays man. Everybody's in zone, so there's no reason to know a route tree. Hey, run over there. When you're open, I'll hit you, and you run. That's right. what they do. <laughs> nobody, there's, out of what 130 colleges, I think three of them play play land to man. They don't. They all zone. Yeah, all zone. So I don't know. Well, I saw it today on I think it was the Draft Network um, Draft Sims. When you plug in what are the team needs for the Vikings, every position comes up except for kicker and punter. Well, it's not wrong. It's I mean, not they wrong. got not at they, all. They need including quarterback. They need, they need two interior offensive linemen. You could make an argument they need a left tackle. I, I could say they, they're going to roll with Reef one more year and maybe get a guy late. They need two wide receivers. They need uh, – well, they only need one defensive line. Michael Pierce, credit to Spielman. I thought that was a great signing, the the defensive tackle out of Baltimore, the Vikings signed. We got younger, they still, better, for less money. So you they still need take to that. That, take that off the board, though. The interior defensive line was well, right up there at pick 25 the last month or Yeah, so. but that's, yeah. that's oh, nose guard. We still need a three-tech because Shamar Steffen doesn't get the push a three-tech no. needs to get. So they still need a defensive end, and they, and they need a they need a, a, a backup defensive end to replace mm-hmm. Weatherly. Um, you know, they, they put a second-round tender on Eric Wilson, so thank goodness he's not going anywhere. So linebackers should be okay. Okay, wait, wait, wait. While you're on linebacker, I want to ask you guys this. You know, I look at I, I, I look at the Vikings draft. You know what I look at mostly? How the teams in front of it unfolds. That's mm-hmm. what I look at. How are the teams ahead of the Vikings going to pick? And that kind of will lead you to kind of what they're going to do. Every time I do my own personal mocks with all the NFL teams leading up to pick 22, the linebackers aren't taken. And I'm thinking, well, isn't that our luck? The year we picked, the year, the year that linebacker doesn't seem to be a priority. Uh, Murray from Alabama and Patrick uh, Queen from LSU are both on the board every time we get this. So we can't take the best linebacker because we need a corner so bad. You know, what I'm, you file it's yeah. like fuck. Yeah. yeah, they they need. You're not uh, taking the best player available. Well, they need two cornerbacks, and they need at least one safety. And if you believe the rumors of, well, we, of Harrison Smith being on the trade market, too. Oh, yeah, they, they'll need at least two safeties. Yeah. Because we, we so need depth. Two, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's ten guys they need. Ten guys. <laughs> ten guys. 2017, we needed a quarterback. We're there! Oh, we need one piece, guys! I mean, Ted, Ted. Ted, don't you have to go corner with one of those two picks at 22 or 25? I mean, look, yeah, don't yeah. you have to go corner with the first one? Yeah, oh, but, uh, but definitely. do you I, expect I an impact agree. guy? No, I don't, think, I don't think there's going to be any impact guy at 22 or 25. But they, they, need, they need to stop the bleeding is what they need to do, and they got to get somebody. If Henderson falls there, you got to take him. I'm calling it right now. In two years, Okuda... And Henderson, C.J. Henderson from Florida and Okuda, I hate to say it, they are going to be pro bowlers within two years, both of them. They are really, really good. Really good. I mean, Okuda's going to top five. He's not going to be around. But if Henderson fell to 22 and you didn't take him, you deserve to be kicked right in the fucking onions. <laughs> because that would be a present concerning being the condition the Vikings are in down their three. They lost their three top corners. Sorry, Holton yep. Bell, but we're in the top corner. Uh so I'm thinking, well, one of those two picks, you almost got to take a corner, don't you? If you're not going to get one in free agency, you can't you can't no, pass they, corner on those first two picks. You can't. They, have to. they, they absolutely have to, I think. I mean, that's me, well, I, I've had this discussion with Dave, and he says, well, they got in Zimmer's system, they can't play the first year. Well, you can't just say that, can you? What if the guy's really good? That's, that's not true. If I mean, Henderson, Anthony, Anthony Barr played his first year. But not as a corner. 
None of Zimmer's corners have started their first year. If see, if we drafted Henderson from Florida, he's the best corner they got on the team. Time, but he's, they have When he's standing at the stadium, he's the best corner on the team. Mm -hmm. Five seconds after we said his name, he's the best corner on this team. Yeah. Well, playing. hopefully, then they do that, Drew. Hope because we need help. We need help desperately. And then, what are they going to do with the other pick? What's your other top priority? You go pick a wide receiver in round one. Mm, I don't think this. I don't think this franchise is ready to take any more receivers it's in round one. I think they're afraid right, of well, wide receivers in round one as they are quarterbacks. Would be too if you took Lacan Treadwell as your last first round wide receiver. <laughs> um, I, I don't know the wide receiver. Though I really like to hold off till the second round, having to take a receiver mm -hmm. because it's such, such a deep class. There's a lot of guys on my top fifteen that are going to be. I mean, there's going to be a run on him in the second, but I think at 58 you can get yourself a receiver that can end up being a starter the first year. Yeah. I, I do think that. And I want to say yeah. Collar did the research that for wide receivers, first and second round, the hit rate is identical at about 50%. There's no drop-off so between the first and second round. At, uh, do they go corner safety? Are both those first-round picks going to be defense? I mean, I know Zimmer would like that, but... I can't see that happening because Zimmer would like that. Um if you get a corner, and this is the time, out of all the drafts that he's needed a corner, this is the time. What on offense would you go with? Would you go with one of those top tackles, especially if one drops? I, I don't know. I mean, they got 12 picks. I, as much as Spielman likes to wheel and deal, and, and you can make an argument what their biggest position of need is. I, I think Drew's right in its cornerback, but you you could also talk me into wide receiver. You could also talk me into into offensive line. I don't think he'd move up and get a and get a guard. God, that would be stupid. No, and you know what? You know what guys, the guard the guard class. I, I I'm not just the guard to be class smart is ass. last year. I would I would not be surprised if there wasn't a guard taken in the first fifty picks. I wouldn't really. Yeah, there's going to be. I I think Harris the center from Washington. I think his name's Nick Harris. Vikings love that guy, but I don't know. He's a center, but I think he plays a little bit of guard. But the interior of the offensive line draft class, the centers are probably stronger than the guards. Um, and at this point, I really think they're—I really think they're not going to move Reef. I think that would have been done already. I think they're going yeah. forward with Reef just because the first couple of days, I expected him to be you're either gone. Cuts. If you're not gone, you're here. I think he's staying. So I don't think I—I've dropped my offensive tackle at one of those first two round picks, kind of down a little bit. Okay, I've got a theory on what it takes to improve the team. And it goes on. Well, it's it's all we go by. All right. I'm, I, I'm listening. <laughs> all right. First off, you go by the players that impact scoring the most or impact stopping scores the most. All right. Obviously, number one is the quarterback. Right? So... In our quarterback situation, we've already extended Kirk Cousins. That's settled. That's who we have. Like it or not, as much as I want to trade him, that's who we've got. <laughs> All right? So we got Kirk Cousins. Then it goes outside in. Outside on the offense is your wide receivers, right? And you talked about that. We need one because we've only got one. And we know that he cannot dominate when Dixie was gone. So we need, we have, well, we, well, we need two, right? But I mean, we have BC Johnson, who's a good wide receiver four. We need a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three. Especially. Hold on, hold on. We need two wide receivers. Right. A two and a three. Right, but the I want to make sure I got that. Down. That wide receiver two is more important to scoring points than any other player besides the quarterback. Because we've already got wide receiver one. Wide receiver one is okay. the most important wide receiver. Wide receiver two is okay. next in line. But the guy you're saying isn't on the team right now. Isn't on the team. All right. Okay. To stopping scoring, right? No, that's wait, 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 wait. Back up. What, do you want, the, the, you, what you're saying is before you pass the wide receivers, how do you how are you going to address that? Well, I'm, I'm giving you priority. You're, look, you're looking at it should be up there. But then you get into, can I get a quality wide receiver that fits that mold 
what's my chances of getting them in the first round and in the second round? And if they're equal in either one, right, then that opens that first round pick for another possible position of need. Now, you, you, you had you had WR2 on the roster on Monday. I know we did. Actually, he was, or WR1 and Thielen <laughs> was two. But anyways, now we get on to the defensive side. The most important guys against scoring, believe it or not, are your corners. We have none. We've got Hughes and Hill, and most likely Hughes may move into the nickel roll, right, and Boyd come out. That's it. That's all we've got. We've got an unproven. Hughes was glowed about, you know, given all sorts of praise by Zimmer after he drafted glowed him. Glowed about is not like glowed, a walk about. Well, yeah, this is like rubbing one off. Anyways. Um, what? But he had, I that's what Zimmer thought. Not me, Zimmer. Um, How much beer you drink? Just one. But anyways, Hughes has the neck issue, which is, and we he may not be fully healthy until later in the summer, which may be fine because we may not be off, you know, COVID-19 quarantine until then anyways. Um, but that's who you got. So you need somebody there. How hard is it to find a quality corner versus a quality wide receiver? If it's harder to find a corner than it is the wide receiver, which proves out via draft histories, you go with that higher pick being the corner, right? Okay. But we need one flaw, two of them. Wait. One flaw in your system. Your system that you're describing right now right. makes perfect sense. But it has an area to blow up in your face. And the example would be uh, Spielman passed on Will Hernandez and took my cues because he was going to grab his fucking interior lineman at the beginning <laughs> of the second round. And a big string of them went. A big string of them went. One of his guys right. was in it. Like six of them went. Right. And it totally backfired on him. He totally backfired on him, and then he was scrambling. Well, do you think so all I'm the wide saying, receivers are going to be gone by the our second round pick? No, no. I'm just saying that everything. If everything works out to what you're saying and it falls right along how it should, then we're fine. But you get those runs. Well, I agree. They can mess it up. But you got to well, prioritize. You know, I'm not and, saying you're flawed. I'm saying it has a chance to be flawed if that happens. Okay. So, so Dave. Dave, hey, real quick, what you're saying is, right now, as it stands, the Vikings can't score, and they can't stop people from scoring. They have a more difficult time at each, yes. <laughs> oh, we're shit. We're Especially shit. on the scoring part. We do have the two best safeties in the league, which helps prevent the scoring. They're the ones that help cover for the declining cornerback play last season. But, And we have good linebackers. That helps in that middle coverage area and especially against the run. But our so defensive we're in the line. Seat is what you're telling me. Huh? We're in the catbird seat is what you're telling <laughs> me. Yeah, for needs. We can pick Merle almost Haggard? everybody. But we. Merle Haggard? No, to answer your question. But that's what you're you go for getting, first. You're better off. You're going to be better off chance getting a quality wide out at 58 than you are a, a corner. If you I agree. Have, especially in this draft. And then that tells draft, you you got to go a corner or high. Not that the corner draft, the corners are pretty, there's a lot of depth and a lot of talent at corner class too for the 2020 draft. You know, wide receiver, uh, offensive tackle, corners, and even safeties. They're pretty, you know, it's a, this is a good draft for talent. And, and as you work your way in from the outside on the offense, your next spot is offensive tackle. So, right. if you so ask which one could you wait on, I'd say you could wait on the wide receiver. You'd have to take the corner earlier. That's my opinion. You got to take the corner so, in the first. So, Drew, you think corner Dave. You also think corner in the first There's, or, or uh, one of those, you go wide receiver? No, one of those I mean, first it, it two all picks depends on how the draft the falls. Like, right. I, I get it. Like, say, you know, because uh, who was it? Um, the Ohio State guy. Um, was it Gary and Conley who, who had that last-minute uh, sexual assault charge? It, I think it popped up yeah. on draft night, and he was supposed to be a top-five guy, and he dropped all the yeah. way. I, I mean, remember like, that. So, I mean, and I, I say that not, not to point out, <clears throat> that, but but weird things happen on draft night. Laramie Tunsil with the with the video with the gas mask, and I mean weird things happen and guys drop. So, are there is there anybody? Let me ask you guys this. So yeah, weird things happen, and, and so I, you kind of have to look at who you think you want to get, and then just kind of see how the board plays out and all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you guys this. I want to I want to answer from each one of you. Is there 
a player at a position that you would be willing to take. Um, we got what we said. How many picks in the top? They got picks. Five. Uh, in the top they got five, five picks in the first 105. 22, 25, 58, 89, and 105. Two first-round picks, a second-round pick, two third-round picks. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of those picks to move up and get somebody? Into the – and I'm thinking with that much ammo, you could get up into the top 10 to 12 area. Right. With the two first-round picks, you could go up to 10, theoretically. Oh, yeah, sure. Number ten. I would I would have to vote no because if we were one or two positions to fill and we're on our way to Bone Town, then then we'd be okay. But being we have all these holes, I think we need all these. I need. I would say keep all those picks. Just, okay, Dave. Would you, would you? Is there anybody on the draft board right now that you would be willing to move up into the top ten? For? I haven't studied it yet, but there are some intriguing offensive tackles. Wow. Top ten for a tackle. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me back. Let me backtrack just a little, little bit on that. Okay. If we, if if Henderson, C.J. Henderson, the corner from Florida, who I really, I mean, he and uh, he and Okuda and Christian Fulton are the three. I really count forty times with my corners. Right. I don't give a shit about a forty time for an offensive or defensive lineman. I don't. No, you should. But forty times. 40 time matters for corners more than anybody in the whole draft. Any position, 40 yard da- dash is the only really the one you look at. If if Henderson would falling around 14, 15, 16, Ted, I would be on the phone. That to would try be to move at up. 22 to 16. I would try to work something there because that guy, him and Okuda, it falls off after that. And I'm not saying the rest of the guys are scrubs, they're good, but he is he could be. He's a difference maker. I think he's a Pro Bowl player. I think he's a shutdown guy, and I think he's on the field week one. I would sacrifice maybe a third or whatever. I would at least ask to see what it costs to move up to get Henderson, but only if he got close. If he was in the teens. If I had to go up to eight or something, I probably wouldn't do it. So, so let like, me. If you could move like six or seven spots and get him, you would do it. I would do it if it would didn't if it wouldn't cost me. Okay, right, and, right. and, I, and would, I agree with that, that logic. Player, that would be the I would player too. I'd go after. That would be the guy. I'd if go he's after. as good as you say he is, I would agree with that logic and go for it, without a doubt, because he's going to make a bigger impact than anybody else. Period. Now, if you want to give up more than that, and you really want to think about making a move, you'd go get one of those wideouts, the two wideouts that we mentioned earlier in the, the show, Junior City Lamb. But I think you're sacrificing way too much capital. Or you get, get the two wideout. top quarterbacks, but they're not going See, to do I, that either. I, I would not if if I were if I were going to give up like. Both my first, my second, and both my thirds. Like, if I'm going to make that kind of move, I'm not going to get a wide receiver because that guy is, is never going to live up to – it's another Moss trade all over. Moss Williamson thing all over. Uh, only way I'm doing that is for a guy like Joe Burrow. Honest to God. I, 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 I would do that for Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. A tight end, a, a wide receiver can't live up to that draft capital. That's a very, very good point. That Ted Glover, he's got some good points, man, I tell you. Come here. <laughs> but but – but like, but let's say you know, like a, there's something that comes out about about Judy or Ceedee Lamb or or Okuda. I mean, I would love personally to see Jeffrey Okuda wearing Vikings purple for obvious reasons. But yeah, I, that's I, and that was going to be my answer. If there's if there's a guy that the Vikings covet that somehow slips like Sharif Floyd, but they didn't have to make a trade for him, um, you know that that reason, you know that year, um, I, yeah, I would. But honestly, with, with tw- the Vikings have twelve. 12 picks. I wouldn't be surprised to watch Rick Spielman move back and get even more picks because they, they need bodies, man. They just need people. I mean, he moves back when we didn't need bodies. Who knows yeah. what the fuck he's going to do now? <laughs> All right. That's true. Um, I've got you know my, my dog Olive you know in here, buddy? and she needs to go Wait out. So my, right. buddy, my buddy Nubs, who I do draft shit with, you know what he said about Akuda today? Hmm. He said Jeff Okuda is so good at corner, Drew, he could play both sides of the field at the same time if he needs to. Damn. <laughs> That's damn good praise from Nubs. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll keep that, Drew. Okuda is the guy. Ted, you got your last words? Uh, looking forward to our live draft show, and I hope we do a couple shows be- between now and then. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be separated in isolation still. It'll be, <laughs> we'll all be stir-crazy. It'll be great. It'll I, be want some, I want some uh, – I want a couple – Don Glover stories lined up, so don't forget about that. Okay. Drew, last words? 
Meow, meow, Viking. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. See you next time.